What's going on, guys? We are back with the 50 plus one football podcast, your home for all things Premier League, Bundesliga, and of course, the Champions League. We have another European edition in store for you today. But before we get into the topics, I would like to introduce a man who, to me, is like the bottle job to my Pochettino. It's Billy. He's just been infected with that Spurs virus. Such a sad fortune of events. I mean, it's, it's just the same in, in red, and red, blue, and white instead of just blue and white, isn't it? It was like having a French Harry Kane up front. Oof, oof. But anyway, so yeah, we will be taking a look at Real Madrid against Chelsea. And definitely my pick for one of the most underrated strikers in world football. And then we'll be looking at PSG versus Man City and whether City could finally break that semi-final curse and make it to a Champions League final for the first time. So let's start with Real Madrid against Chelsea. Yes, please. Um, I want to say that Real Madrid just kind of didn't show up for the first 20 minutes. Would that be fair to say? I, I uh, Yeah, I think it would be fair to say. I mean, I, I'd argue they only showed up for about 20 minutes in total. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hard to argue because I think we said Chelsea would play boring football. You have to give it to them. I mean, that that pass by by Antonio Rudiger to Christian Pulisic, only a handful of centre-backs will actually make that pass. And it kind of reminded me of like a Boateng, you know, like a Boateng diagonal pass. It was just, it's just, he just turned into a different beast since about October 2020. Remember the start of the season, he played virtually no role in that Chelsea squad under Frank Lampard. And now, look at him. I think, yeah, it's definitely having Tuchel there. But it's similar to me, like David Luiz at Arsenal when they started playing a back three. And also, we're very similar to Conte at Chelsea as well, because David Luiz was very good in the middle of that back three. Because yeah, he had other Arsenal. he had other people around him yeah. to cover his defensive... Shortcomings? Yeah, shortcomings, if we're being kind. <laughs> and I think having that extra cover at the back for Chelsea, it's given... It's definitely it's given him a a comfort to be able to go forward. Yeah, yeah. But I still think it was way too easy. Yeah, but we can't forget the fact that this is not the Real Madrid who have made it to the semifinals in years previously. This is the Real Madrid who, by and large, got lucky draws to send them through this far, I'd argue. Because I mean, they got they got a Liverpool team who, for lack of a better word, have just been crap since twenty twenty one. You know, it's just, it's they, they and they had Liverpool. They had Liverpool, and then they also they also had Atalanta in the round of sixteen. Like, come on, man! The only reason Real Madrid have gotten this far is because they had the luck of the draw. And now they've come up against a team who are actually on form. They have a good manager. They have a relatively good setup. 
um, squad wise. And I still think that Chelsea will still take a look at signing another center back, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's talk of Rafael Varane, but I think he's just going to be offered to everyone. At this point, yeah. Because he's got one year left and they risk losing him on a free, which for some Real Madrid to lose someone like that on a free would be a massive middle finger to Florentino Perez. The man who thinks that no one from ages 16 to 24 watches football anymore. That's the thing. In the, in the interest of the whole... European Super League thing and how much of an absolute gobshite he was. It would be quite funny if Chelsea beat them and they lost in well, they're not top of La Liga, but they, you know, if they if they didn't win La Liga and they finished the season with no trophies, it would be hilarious purely because of Florentino Perez, you know, running his mouth. Oh yeah. It'd just be a bit a giant can of karma. But I want your opinion on something before we talk about Benzema's goal. So there's a lot of people that have this idea that Zinedine Zidane isn't actually a very good coach. He just had one of the best teams in Europe at the time. And he tried to match Chelsea with the the 3-5-2. And you have to say it really didn't work because they don't have the players to facilitate it. I'd, I'd compare that to Guardiola going away from his tactic, went from his preferred tactics when Bayern played uh, Real Madrid in the 2014, 2013-14 season, sorry, um, in the Champions League semifinal, because the whole, or the big, story about that game was the fact that all the players um, who were, you know, the the core players of the 2013 treble season had basically said like, nah, you know, I think we should play the way we played under Jopankis against Real Madrid. We think it's going to be more effective. And Guardiola for like the first time ever in his career was basically like, okay, you know what? I'll let them, I'll go with that. And I'll, I'll make the tactics like they did, like they did. And we saw how that went. Bayern were handed their highest ever loss at home in a Champions League semi-final. Ronaldo, I believe, scored a hat-trick and Sergio Ramos came and put another header in off a corner. It was just an absolute shit show. Not that Real Madrid had an absolute shocker of it because, you know, they still are very much in this tie at 1-1. Chelsea just have the slight advantage with that away goal. But I think it's still a similar case where Zinedine Zidane has tried to, as you said, match Chelsea and not stuck with his guns. And I think in every case, you should always stick to what you know and not try out something new when you're literally at the gates of the Champions League final. I think it, like trying something new, you can try that in the group stages. Maybe you try that in the round of 16, but you don't try it in the Champions League semifinal. He's been hampered by injuries. I like Sergio. There's an outside chance that Ramos can make the second leg, which I think if he can, they'll probably just stick with that back four because Marcelo playing as a wing back, it just wasn't fun. But Chelsea did really well. Like they didn't give uh, Modric or Tony Kroos any time at all. Yeah, I think you said it best in your post. Golo Kante covered every blade of grass on that pitch. 
Literally. I can't... Who was it? He he won the ball back from, I think it was Modric. And then he was also there to make the block from the next shot. It was like, Jesus, man. Again, since Tuchel's coming, I think if you... If you'd offered Chelsea fans, oh yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be one all on aggregate against Real Madrid in a Champions League semi final with an away goal. If you'd offered them that at the peak of how bad it was under Frank Lampard, I think they would have bitten your hand off. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think you know it'd be naive almost to think that they that they'd uh, they'd still be in the same mindset because at this point now they've seen what Chelsea can be under Tuchel. They've seen what this team can do given the right manager and given, well, put it this way, given an actual manager. Cause I'm sorry, but Frank Lampard, you have to just say it was a total flop start to finish. At least this season, his first season, we've already been through this. You know, we, he had, he, he had luck on his side. That's why he looked so good. But wasn't now this that. season. He was appointed because of the transfer ban. Yeah. If they weren't if they weren't given that transfer ban, there's no way he gets given that job. But let's talk about Real Madrid's goal because it came from, in my opinion, I don't know yours on this. I'll ask we'll find out in a sec, but the most underrated number nine in world oh. football. Oh yeah, definitely. I think many people Ever since Real Madrid have just kind of gone down the tubes, many people have kind of, you know, strayed away from even taking notice of what Madrid do in their season. Like a lot of people, I'd say even myself included, have kind of just gone like, eh, what? don't really care what Madrid are doing. They don't have the same star-studded team. They don't destroy La Liga with every chance they get. You know, they're not walking all over the Champions League. I really don't mind not paying any attention to them. And I think that's what's kind of given Benzema this underrated status because he is without a shadow of a doubt carrying that Real Madrid that Real Madrid team because Real Madrid have not they they've definitely not been able to compensate losing Cristiano Ronaldo. They've been unable to find a new striking trio ever since BBC. And it just seems that the, or it just seems to be a fact of Madrid now. They need some serious, serious signings. Otherwise, they're not. They're slowly fading into irrelevance, almost. And I say this even though they're fighting for a La Liga title. It's just you know, in comparison, it just goes to show how good they once were in comparison to what they were when they won three uh, Champions Leagues on the trot. It's it's a far cry from that. Yeah, and as good as a player as he is, I don't think the signing of David Alaba on a free is going to fix anything. No, I think also David Alaba would... Obviously, the prestige of just joining a club or or the club Real Madrid itself is massive, but I think David Alaba definitely would have wanted to join Real Madrid a lot more about three years back rather than now. Because now you're going to a Madrid team, which is a shadow of what it once was. And you're basically there to pick up the pieces if you move there. Which is also why I don't, I mean, like I don't, in all honesty, it seems like a little bit of a sidestep. 
I don't want to go as far as to say it's a step down, even though probably playing wise it is from Bayern. But I like I, there's just it just it just doesn't seem like a like a like a logical step forward. Oh, we've had this conversation. It's financially motivated, even though they've got no money anyway. Real Madrid. But going back to Benzema quickly, like it's interesting because since Ronaldo's left Real Madrid, Benzema's actually scored more goals, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's on par with with Raúl for Champions League goals. People forget that he's only yeah. behind. Like Benzema is fourth behind none other than Lewandowski, Messi, and Ronaldo. Those are three names that are synonymous with scoring goals. Like those are probably the three most prolific strikers of the last decade. Well, before we move on to Wednesday's game, opinion on the return leg at Stamford Bridge? Well, like I said, Chelsea have the slight advantage with the away goal, but if... If we said one thing in the lead up to this tie, Real Madrid still have that experience and still have that grit to basically show up when it when it suits them. Because, like you said, you said it was only that they only showed up for twenty minutes during that match, but that twenty they showed up for twenty minutes and still managed to get a draw out of the whole thing. This that is very true. at all. So yeah, I think. Come come down to it, Real Madrid could still go for it, but I'm still going to peg at the end of the day. I believe Chelsea are probably the better team, and I believe they'll go through to the final. Well, there we go. It'll be tight, but... We'll have to wait and find out. Yes, we will. See, this, this half of the draw frustrated me when I saw the, the pathway when they drew them. So we've had basically like three finals now because we've oh, yeah. had both legs of PSG buy-in and we've now had the first leg of PSG Man City. It's like, oh, come on, man. Surely you think one of these has got to be the final because if either of those two, well, I say if either, whoever gets to the final out of PSG or Man City probably will win the Champions League. Yeah. And if, it's, if it's Man City that win the Champions League, I, I, I can't. Anyway. It, Bill, it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. I know. I'm just like, at, the latest, at the latest, you should have been expecting this every season when they got Pep Guardiola to manage them. I thought they were going to do it after Project Restart. when they, yeah. But they lost to Leon. So happy. Anyway. So, I can't trust PSG to do anything <laughs> at, 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 at all. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay. They, they were really great for like the first half an hour. If that. <clears throat> if that, 25 minutes. You know, they got the goal through Marquinhos. Chance after chance, after chance after chance after chance. And then the game finishes 2-1 to Man City. And it's like, oh my... I I said it about Bayern. If you don't take your chances, you're not going to win the Champions League. Like You can't say... You can't walk up to UEFA and go, yeah, but 
we played better than them in the final. Like we had all these shots on on goal, expected goals. Yeah, we had like five expected goals. They only had two. We should have won. It's like yeah, but you didn't. <laughs> and City's goals were so poor. <laughs> okay, see, this is this is where I where I find you have to criticize PSG the most because. I think Didi Hamann said it on Sky Germany. Is he said it best? Is like literally just put four guys in a wall and have Neymar belt a bunch of them at them, like literally purposely belt a bunch of balls into the wall until the players stand there and can take a ball more or less to the face without flinching. Because it can't be that you work for eight or nine months straight. You put in hard work day in, day out in the Champions League uh, in, in the, to get through to the Champions League semifinal. And you're standing at the gates to the final. And you're getting done by a free kick that has gone through your wall. If I, would, if I had been Keiro Navas, I would have probably hit one of my players. Because that, that is infuriating. They literally make a pocket of space big enough for the ball to get through. That is, that is, you that's stuff you'd see in Sunday League. It's so bad because it, you can understand if one of them did it, but they both, both do it. <laughs> you would, you would line that exact same wall up, and you just, I just get the youth to, to pelt balls at them. All day long. Just just keep knocking out until they can take one to the face and smile while doing it. Like literally just Well, this this is the thing. This is uh, this is gonna make me sound like an incredibly old man, even though I'm only 23. But when I was when I grew up watching football, <laughs> Nemanja Vidic would bleed and still be playing. You've got uh, that's that pit, Terry Butcher with the bandage right around his head when he's playing for England, S- like soaking with blood, still playing on. John and Terry, he's... when he when he jumps in front of a shot during the World Cup 2010, and he doesn't jump foot first, he jumps head first and dives with his head in front of the shot. Exactly, and you get the feeling that was it Kim Pembe and who was the other one? Paredes. Uh, Paredes. I'm sorry, but Parade is a little bitch anyway. I don't expect anything more of him. Oh, uh, yeah, I know he annoyed you with the uh, going up to the referee. He he does it all the time. He did it again in Bayern versus PSG. He did, he did it again with Man City versus PSG. He gets, he literally, he feels a gust of wind and goes down as if he'd been shot with a freaking 50 cal rifle. Like, literally, it's just, why? He He's honestly more of a little diving bitch than Neymar. Ooh, and I didn't think I would say that. Good lord! But that's that's the thing. And I said to, I said to a couple of my mates tonight, I I love watching European football, and I also hate it because there is that sense of it, it's mainly Italian and Spanish teams and PSG and PSG. But it, it is very much a case of shout and you get it. Yes. Yes, and it's it's you just sit there and you just know like if I'm, if I'm watching Burnley against Crystal Palace, there's no way that's a foul. No, but also 
I think something has to be said about the uh, the quality of the refereeing in the Europe's pinnacle competition is absolutely appalling. And I know the 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 referee for PSG Man City was that Dr. Felix Brick. But he is honest to God, he's god awful. He's absolutely terrible. I'm just gonna leave leave you with this with this uh I can tell you what he's not anecdote. a doctor in. He's definitely not a doctor of refereeing. <laughs> well, I'll leave you with an anecdote. This is the same referee that oversaw the match where Stefan Kiesling scored by putting the ball through a hole in the outside, uh, in the side netting in 2015. And he counted it. See, that to me is a big enough mistake for the, uh, the DFB to go, no, you're not allowed to referee a football game anymore. It's like, uh, I think I mentioned this last weekend, but Sky Sports put out like three compilation videos last or two weeks ago of all the VAR mistakes. And Chris Kavanagh is the most featured referee in, those, in <laughs> all three of those videos. Surely that is enough evidence for the FA or is it Peach Mole, whatever the hell it's called? For them to go, oh. look, clearly you struggle. <laughs> if someone can't swim, you 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 don't let them drown. You don't leave them out there to drown. Sorry, you but hope. it just annoyed me yesterday because it's some of the fouls and some of the so soft and it's it just it summed up the game to be honest. PSG were. So good for like 25 minutes. Tale of two halves, really. Because City dominated that second half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the free kick was the funniest one. Because like, I can't remember. I was, it, I was Jermaine Genus. And it was like, oh, yeah, if I'm De Bruyne, there's no way I'm letting Riyad Mahrez have this. Mahrez steps up. Yeah, okay. It goes through a, a weak wall. But just, just to make Jermaine Genus look stupid, it was worth it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the guy was right. In with any competent wall, Mars would have just put it right in the wall. Oh yeah. Well, it's like Robbie Savage commentating on United against Roma. He was talking about uh, Spinozola. Oh, he, he he very rarely gets involved with goals for Roma. Cut to when he gets involved with both of them. So <laughs> these pundits know very little about football. <laughs> having played it for many years so same question with the other one thoughts on the reverse fixture next Tuesday okay I think before we move on to that I have one more thing about the refereeing oh go on then I do love I do love a good refereeing slam okay I think the red card is very much (laughs) that there's there's no two ways of looking at that (laughs) He he goes studs up right into Gunwan's Achilles tendon without uh the ball being anywhere near him. Um, but De Bruyne on who was it? Oh no, it was Danilo Pereira. So De Bruyne on Danilo Pereira, it gets a yellow. 
Uh, okay, first of all, your thoughts. Yellow or could that also have been a red card? I mean, I'm going to say yellow. Partly because in, in my view, and I've not gone back and watched it loads of times, but in my view, it's, it's very similar to the Balbuena red card on Ben Chilwell. It's just a follow through. Okay, because I'm going to argue completely differently. He follows through and he comes late. The reason I'm saying it's an iffy one is because he does, if he stamps on his foot completely, then it is just a yellow card. And, you know, he just follows through and and then stamps on Daniela Pereira's foot. Then you're just like, okay, well, he's, you know, it happens all the time. Player stands on another player's foot, gets a yellow card if it's a bit malicious. But looking back and going back on the replays, you can see that one, De Bruyne goes in full force and does not pull back. And second, his ankle doesn't stamp on, on Danilo Pereira's foot. It more goes towards Pereira's ankle. And studs up into someone's ankle where the ankle you can see is already kind of you know rolling i think could warn a red card if he'd gotten shown a red card it would have been a harsh one but still understandable in my opinion yeah i think see this is this is the one where replays make it look a lot worse because if you look at it in full speed it it does just look like a follow-through it's a little bit higher than you would normally stamp yeah stamp but I think a red would have been harsh, but I, I do agree you could probably see why it would be it would have been given. But again, yeah, it goes I, back to the, the replays. standard of refereeing. Yeah, I mean, the, it, the replays do make it look pretty malicious. <laughs> Which is one of the biggest problems with, with looking at them in slow motion. I think you need to look at them in full time or not at all. Probably, yeah. But you said, what are we looking at for the reverse tie? Um, Manchester City have put themselves very much in the driver's seat because they not only have a 2-1 advantage, they have a 2-1 away goal advantage. So in all honesty, PSG are in the same position Bayern were when they played PSG in going into the second leg. They're one goal down, and they already played at home first. It is a small but still very sizable mountain that PSG have to climb now. And in all honesty, I just see Man City making it to the final. God forbid. I mean, Mbappe didn't have a single shot on Wednesday night. And it probably won't be Ruben Diaz because it's very rarely a player gets, uh, it's very rarely a defender gets player of the season. But surely he's got to be in, like, the top three. Probably, yeah. The guy is everywhere. He's only 23 as well, which is insane. Because he seems to have been around for years. In all honesty, he wasn't really on many people's radar before moving to Man City anyway. Apparently he was on United, but we, we won't go into that. I've lost enough sleep over... (laughs) <laughs> I was kind of hoping he would turn into an, another Nicholas Osamendi, but he's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, so he makes Otamendi look pretty, pretty shit. He makes Otamendi look like a blind man playing football. Yeah. I mean, Otamendi did that himself most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll find out next week who the final is going to be between. And if there are anything to go on this week's games, I think we're in for another midweek of fun, interesting and drama. Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. I would love an Eden Hazard winner against Chelsea. I just... <laughs> he's had such a, a horrible time in Madrid. Watching him play against Chelsea was weird for me. And I hate Chelsea. So I can only imagine <laughs> what it was like for Chelsea fans to watch Eden Hazard playing against Chelsea. It's like watching Ronaldo oh, pro- play against United. Yeah, it's, it's the prodigal son returning. Oh, it's like when Wayne Rooney came back when he's playing for Everton and Derby. It's like, oh no, it just make it go away. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I'd say we'll wrap it up for this week. As always, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to AT Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also make sure to check out the 50 Plus One Football Podcast, all the previous episodes on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our RSS feed. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.